So, we're going to come to Philippians in a little while, and I'm hoping that there'll be some discussion around the tables. Um, but, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend maybe 15 minutes just introducing this. So, let's go to the first slide there, that our aim this evening, my aim is to introduce a little-known piece of Christian vocabulary, a word, in other words, that, I suggest, gives a name to a reality we experience and we observe. Because once we've labelled it, then we've got a much better chance of being able to combat it. Okay, and that thing is acedia. Given how ugly acedia is, I think that's a rather nice picture. But anyway, maybe I don't understand the symbolism of a turtle on the picture. Do you agree that's a turtle? That's what it looks like to me. Anyway, let's go on. Acedia, right. Have you heard of the seven deadly sins? Um, or sometimes the seven cardinal sins, they're called. Acedia is the one from that list which is usually translated as sloth. Who says sloth? Who says sloth? I don't know. Have you seen Ice Age? You know the sloth, don't you? The, the animal that's just incredibly lazy. Sloth is usually considered, when we talk in English, as laziness. And um, so we've got the list of sins there. You can see the Latin names underneath. Gluttony, fornication, greed, anger, sloth, pride, envy. Um, sloth, acedia, goes with us. That's the, that's the, the way it's traditionally been uh, translated. But acedia equals, sloth equals laziness. Okay, right, but on we go. Sloth actually doesn't really do justice to the word acedia. Um, there's something much more about it. It's much more interesting and much deeper and much more deeply rooted in our lives than just laziness. By the way, that's not to say that, um, you know, when I hit snooze for the 19th time um, in the morning, <laughs> that there isn't something of good old laziness going on. There probably is, but we need to open the bonnet of history as we visit the monks of the desert. You heard of the monks of the desert? Fourth century after Jesus, once Christianity was made legal in the Roman Empire in 313 in the Edict of Milan, a lot of Christians who really wanted to take things seriously decided that this comfortable Christian existence where they weren't persecuted just wasn't tough enough for them. And so they took themselves off to the desert as monks, they're known as the Desert Fathers and the Desert Mothers. And um, off they went there. Now, we might question the wisdom of taking themselves off to the desert. They may have found that actually the Christian life was just as hard if they had stayed in their big cities and tried to live faithfully there. Anyhow, the fact is they went off to the desert and they discovered all sorts of very interesting things. By the way, they did all sorts of fascinating things there, like live on the top of pillars, You've seen those? You go and go and have a look at the, Im the images of Saint Anthony in the desert. You see them living on the top of a pillar or in these little caves and things. They, they were they were pretty extreme, the desert fathers. And I'm going to quote from one in a moment. This man, Evagrius of Pontus. You can see him there, 300 years after Jesus, well, 350 years after Jesus, second half of the fourth century. And Evagrius of Pontus, he made a deep study of all the problems that these monks had and these nuns as they were there in the desert, the athletes of God wrestling with the, the, the demons in the desert. And he made this list of eight problems that he saw, one of which was akedia, acedia. Right, this is how he describes it. Well, eight evil thoughts, yeah, that afflicted the monks. Um, he, if you could just go back a slide, Samuel, thank you. That's right. So the question is, what is it? Now, what I'm going to do, uh, it comes from a Greek word there, akedia, it, it, the, there was no really good Latin translation, so they just, they just put the old Greek word into Latin, akidia, which basically means not caring, a lack of care. 
So what is it? I'm going to give a working definition. I'll come back to a fuller, deeper definition in a little while. What is it? Here's a working definition. It's basically a lack of care for your spiritual life. It's basically what it is. It's deeper than that. But let's use that for the time being. A lack of care for your spiritual life. On we go. Now, Evagrius called it the noonday demon. Because, as he observed it, it tended to strike the monks between about 10 o'clock in the morning, this is where the temptation was strongest, between 10 o'clock in the morning and about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Which, of course, is when, when you're living out in the desert there, it gets unbelievably hot. And right in the middle of the day, it strikes you there. There's that verse in the psalm, Psalm 91. You defend me from the devil, from the, from the demons of the night, and from the one that strikes by day. It was a bit of a fanciful interpretation, but Evagrius thought of that demon, the noonday demon, as acedia. Because time would just seem to stand still, nothing's happening. And the monk would be there in his cave or his cell, and would just begin to get irritable and hate the cell and just want to leave. And he longs for distraction, and um, he longs for, um, for other places. He longs for other places. He yawns. Now here's a quote. I've got an extended quote here from Evagrius. Just try and imagine that, that you've gone to the desert to really focus on God, and then you discover this. First of all, Acedia, the demon Acedia, makes it appear that the sun moves slowly or not at all. Acedia instills in him a dislike for the place and for his state of life itself and for manual labour, and also the idea that love has disappeared. He gives him the idea that love has disappeared, and that there is no one to console him. So he feels very sorry for himself. Acedia leads him on to a desire for other places where he can easily find the wherewithal to meet his needs, and to pursue a trade that is easier and more productive. Acedia adds that pleasing the Lord is not a question of just sticking to this one particular place. The eye of the person afflicted with acedia stares at the doors continuously and his intellect imagines people coming to visit. The door creaks and he jumps up. He hears a sound, he leans out of the window. And then when he reads, the one afflicted with acedia yawns a lot and readily drifts off into sleep. He rubs his eyes and stretches his arms, turning his eyes away from the book. He stares at the wall and again goes back to reading a while, leafing aimlessly through the pages. Can you get the picture of how this monk feels? There's a general irritability about the place he's in, the calling that he's got, the activity that he's doing, and he's thinking if only someone would come and distract me and take me away from what I'm supposed to be doing. Thank you, Samuel. So, remember, in the seven deadly sins, acedia is is, 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 is where, where is, English, is sloth, that's how it's translated, laziness. But do you see, it is not exactly laziness. Because the fascinating thing is that this acedia can lead to busyness. An evasive busyness. You know what I mean by evasive? Trying to evade something. Trying to escape it. An evasive busyness. So here's Evagrius again. The spirit of acedia drives the monk out of his cell. A person afflicted with acedia proposes visiting the sick. You, well, you think, well, that's a wonderful thing to go and do, isn't it? To visit the sick. Ah, but why is he doing it? But is fulfilling his own purpose. In other words, he's going out to visit the sick because he just doesn't want to sit where he is. It's an evasion of what he actually should 
be doing. And so Acedia is very interested, it does two things. It leaves people on the one hand listless. Do you know what I mean by listless? Just like, But it also leaves them restless at the same time. Do you know that feeling? Listless and restless at the same time. Really interesting. It leaves us driven, but directionless. Oh, I know that feeling so well. Utterly driven, yet no idea where I'm going. Okay, next slide here. So, um, this is just, it just doesn't matter really, but CD became associated with laziness when it was bought from the Egyptian desert to Rome. And here's some of the people that did it. That's a picture of John Cassian, who interestingly, actually, I didn't, John Cassian was quite a, a big teacher in the early church. He was Romanian. It's always lovely to know where some of these different teachers of the church came from. He was a Romanian, and he took all the teachings off the Desert Fathers and went off to um, Rome and took them, and they were, in the end, they influenced Benedict. Some of you will have heard of the Benedictines. They're an order of, of, um, of monks and nuns. They, they were very influenced. Gregory the Great, he was the Pope, and he set down the seven, the, the seven sins, and then Hewis and Victor first called them the seven deadly sins. And gradually, Asedia lost this full sense and became really just laziness. Anyway, that's, that's, by, that's by the by, really. So, Samuel, next please. So, Asedia is not just laziness. It is a demon with, a, with, with, a, with two apparently very different faces. That's another name, the noonday demon, it's sometimes called, and the two-faced demon. Because it is both about inactivity and overactivity. It's the same thing. It identifies that, un, that laziness and over-busyness are actually both related to basically the same underlying problem as we're going to see as we come in a moment. Samuel, next one, please. What is it? What is this thing we've been talking about? So I suggested a sort of working definition earlier on, it's sort of a lack of care about um, spiritual things. Thomas Aquinas, um, many of you will have heard of Thomas Aquinas, some of you won't, but he's one, he's one of the big names of the, of the church, probably one of the two or three biggest names of the whole of church history in terms of teaching the faith. Um, and, um, and Thomas Aquinas, he lived in uh, 12, the 1200s, long time ago, obviously. He said it's basically made up of two aspects, two parts, really. One, it's a sadness, a sadness about good things, a sadness about spiritually good things. And it's a disgust with activities that promote those good things. Now, that all sounds a little bit abstract. Uh, just one other thing, interestingly, Thomas Aquinas said, well, God has given us all these good things, but acedia is the temptation to be sad and down about them. He said, and therefore, it is actually a sin against joy. God has given us these good things to give us joy, but acedia is a sin against joy, because it defies and quenches and kills off joy. Here's another definition. Here we go. This is a, this is um, this is a this is from um, a very good book, um, The Care of Salt. It's on pastoral ministry. It's quite a new book by an um, American Lutheran writer. Um, he says this: Our spiritual ancestors saw beneath superficial sloth and laziness to its underlying spiritual cause. Here's his definition: disappointment with and disaffect, disaffection from God's divinely ordained gifts be they in the realm of creation or redemption. Do you see that? It's the same as essentially what Aquinas is saying. Basically feeling sad and down 
about, well, the gifts that God has given us in creation, in our you know, everyday life, and in, the, in our faith. Asedia means a lack of, or absence of care, and that's deadly. Whenever we grow numb to Christ's saving work and God's gracious gifts by which he makes us and preserves us, spiritual boredom takes hold, followed by apathy and subsequent despair. So that's a, that another a good way of describing it. Here's my definition. Um, here we are, my definition. <laughs> it's disappointment, disillusionment, dissatisfaction and disgust with God and all that he's given us. And it's an aversion to whatever promotes a proper appreciation of those gifts. Let me just go back over that a little bit, a bit more. So God has given us amazing things. He's given us, well, in the realm of this world creation, he's given us the bodies we inhabit, he's given us the lives we breathe, the home we live in, the community that we're set in, all these things he's given us. And not only has he given us that, he's also given us Christ, our saviour, and he's given us eternal life, the forgiveness of our sins, the, um, the, the new start in, 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 in life. He's given us all these things. And he's given us ways to enjoy them. Prayer, the Bible, church, fellowship with one another, time quietly reflecting on the scriptures, meditating on God's word. He's given us all these ways of enjoying it. But Asedia just says, oh, no, I'm, I'm disappointed with them. Lord, it's not enough. I wanted something else. It's, it, you know, I, I'm disillusioned with it. I thought it would be so great, but it isn't. Lord, I'm disillusioned. I'm dissatisfied. I'm discontent. In fact, it even does go to the point of being disgusted. Lord, you've given us this. This. Is this it? And I'm and, and, and an aversion. So and, and so when a pastor then says, or your home group leader or whatever says, well, what you need to be doing is you need to, you you need to actually have your head in the you need to be reading the Bible and praying. You're inwardly going, oh no. That's an aversion to whatever promotes our enjoyment of those gifts. So when I'm, I'm thinking we're going to come to Philippians four in a moment, acedia is not a biblical word. If I had to say, I think the, the Bible words that cover the kind of general area we're talking about are words like unthankfulness, discontent, words like that. And so I think of Israel in the wilderness. If you've got the Bible there, just don't keep a finger open in Philippians 4. If you've still got it open, so we'll come back to it. But Numbers 11 is really interesting. So Israel have come out of Egypt. They're going through the desert as well and um, the Lord has promised to provide for them and care for them um, and he's said to them that he'll, he'll carry them and he'll provide and everything like that. He's brought them out of Egypt but of course how did they feel about being out of Egypt and wandering around in the desert? They felt completely cheesed off about it and even though God had given them this amazing rescue from Egypt they were just, well, disappointed, disillusioned, dissatisfied, and they were disgusted, literally disgusted, at this bread the Lord had provided. Do you know what I think most of us in this room give? I would pay serious money to taste some manna. Manna was the special bread that the Lord uh, left them every morning in the wilderness. I would, go, I, would, I would travel a long way to go and try some manna. And I'm not saying that because I'm a particularly holy man. I'm just very curious. But it would be so good to taste the manna. But how many times have you complained about your manna? In other words, the daily provision, 
the life, the situation, the circumstances God has given you. How many times have you whinged about your manner? So this is what the Israelites said. Um, what, uh, numbers, and this is page uh, 158 um, in my Bible. Numbers 11 verse 6. They've got the, the manner and listen to what they say. Well, I'll go from verse 4. The rabble with them began to crave other food and again the Israelites started wailing and they said if only we had meat to eat we remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost also the cucumbers melons leeks onions and garlic I think that's what you call rose tinted spectacles because they didn't have that when they were in Egypt but now we've lost our appetite we never see anything but this manna there it is the Israelites, and the Israelite Evagrius talked about, uh, talked about this desert experience of the Israelites um, and, and their, their acedia, their, their sense of like, oh, we don't like the gifts God has given us and we're really cheesed off about it. Right, okay, let's just move on in a moment. We're going to think about how to address acedia. But first of all, acedia has offspring. Right, there are, here are just a few of the offspring that they have and probably already you can see some of the ways this may play out in our lives. So here's an interesting one, an unwillingness to be alone and quiet before God. Some people, maybe you, sometimes me, will do almost anything to avoid actually just sitting. I love this quote from Pascal, uh, Blaise Pascal, the Frenchman, um, two or three hundred years ago. He says, I just, this is a slight exaggeration by the way, but he was good at those, but he made a very interesting point. He said, I have discovered that all human misfortune comes from one thing, which is not knowing how to remain quietly in one room. Interesting. We don't find it easy, because this Acedia was always saying, I don't like this room. I don't like this job. I don't like this task. I don't like these circumstances. Um, and, and, and I don't want to be alone, because I actually fundamentally feel fed up with God. And so there's a dis-ease. I'm in flight from God and flight from myself. And I won't sit down still and, and be with him. Here's another thing. Mental flightiness. You know, flightiness. Fleeing. Trying to get mentally just... How's this for today's culture? You'll, you'll see why I put the lows at the bottom. Multiple pursuits that present themselves to my mind attract me solely because they deliver me from what I ought to do at this precise moment. Can anybody identify with that? Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. And that, I mean, of course, that is absolutely the thing, isn't it? Is that, I mean, the, 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 um, it, it, I mean, the whole thing about, one issue, which I haven't put up here, which reminds me of this as well with Acedia, is this numbness. That with acedia, um, a lot of a lot of the thing about um, looking at um, un unhelpful and uh, images on the internet often comes because again, there's an escape. It's an escape from just the numbing uh, the desire just to feel something, anything, but this numbness. Right on we go. Says so more of acedia's offspring. This is fascinating, particularly in a world of Twitter where everybody's got something to say. There is a massive preference for speech over thought. As you say, speech over thought and listening. So garrulousness, garrulousness just means it's going on and on. Such garrulousness 
and such curiosity about other people's business are a sign of a lack of substance in one's own personal life. Oof. When I think how much I love to read about how politicians are making a mess of it, how this person's doing that and that person's doing that, and I'm going, actually, that may just be a symptom of acedia, of the fact that deeply I won't, I'm not, I, actually, there's, heart, there's no substance in my own life. Telling, isn't it? Here's a fact, and again, here, look, there's a, acedia creates this perpetual need for change just got to do something different. Whatever I'm doing, I've got to do something different. Do you know the feeling of sitting down to do something and you're immediately thinking, I can't do this because we do something different. Now often that's because we're too busy, we've taken on too much, but then again, why have we taken on too much? And if, even if we hadn't taken on too much, would we feel satisfied with the thing that we were doing? Would we actually pour ourselves into it or not? Here again, we find that the last daughter of Cedia which is instability, and uh, we find it who, who thinks by changing where one is, one can change who one is. So people think, if only I move, if only I get a different job, if only I get into a different ministry, if only I get into a different situation, then I'll be someone different, and I'll be delivered from this. No, because the problem is not your circumstance, but the, the, that you've yielded to a senior, the temptation of senior. Next one, please. Nearly finished this. Activism. Oh, my word. Activism, in other words, just doing stuff. Doing, 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 doing stuff. All the time. Activism is a flight that is supposed to make up for the dread of nothingness. <coughs> in other words, you just think, I've just got to keep doing something. I've just got to be doing something. It doesn't matter what it is, I've got to do something because there's this dread of, of nothingness. So I remember being very struck by this in the writings of Eugene Peterson. Some of you may have come across Eugene Peterson. He, was a, uh, he died about a year and a half ago. But one of his things about ministry is he says so much of, of Christian ministry is, is, um, is laziness. Your busyness is laziness because it's a failure to actually, to actually reflect deeply and responsibly on what you should be doing. And instead, you just run around like a headless chicken doing everything that you, that you can find to do, but you're actually doing it just to fulfill your own, try to fill your own jar, rather than letting the Lord do that. Here's another one which has really convicted me. The rejection of your own high calling. See, all of us are sons and daughters of the living God. We've all been gifted by the Lord in different ways, and yet how often we actually hide in a false humility. Because, well, you know, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. And actually, that is simply, we're really hacked off that the Lord hasn't gifted us like them. Or the Lord hasn't given us the opportunities he's given them. And we're like, oh, well, I mean, I'm nothing. I mean, what, I'm, what's the point of me? I'm just, you know, I'm just insignificant. And it's, it's, again, it's a rejection of and a despising of the gift that God has given. Okay. On we go. I think that might be enough of the daughters. Yes. Let's have a look at some questions. Let's have a look around the tables at some of these. We've got a few minutes. So where can you see Acedia playing out in society today? That's the question about the world at large, the society we live in. Okay. Maybe just, maybe just spend literally a minute or a couple of minutes on that. I've drawn out some of the, the ways, but there are lots of ways. Just, just try and think of a few of those. Give that maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. Then, can you identify with this yourself? 
because of course what we, there's no point in going well look at the world it's full of it's it's it, there's a sediac the, the whole of our society has given way to the temptation to a sediac can you identify it with yourself and do you recognize that you see it's all very well recognizing the fruits of a sediac do you recognize the roots in other words this sense of lord actually i'm hacked off with your gifts i'm not satisfied with them because that's where we address it that's where we address the problem. It's not that the symptoms, all this restlessness and things like that, it's at the cause, which is how do we really feel about the gifts that God has given us? And then, and it's maybe, maybe spend sort of maybe th three or four minutes on that, and then read through together again on the tables, Philippians 4, and the reading that Dan read to us earlier on. I mean, there's, there's stuff all over the Bible, we've chosen lots of places to think, how do we front this up? Um, but I think Philippians 4, 4 to 13 is a pretty good place to get some very good stuff on it.